Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Kim Grenolds with Dogman.com with the ut- the utility guy, the jack of all trades, Jackson Moore, who runs the Cal site, the Fresno State site, the Stanford site. Uh, what else do you do, Jackson? I've also got San Jose State and Hawaii, so uh, I'm all over the place. <laughs> well, I, with everything that you do for 24-7, I sure hope they send you to Hawaii once in a while. I did get to go up for uh, Stanford to Hawaii. They played in week one. So, all right. Well, if you need somebody to if if you need somebody to stand on the table for you for going to Hawaii next year, don't hesitate to give me a shout. I'll, I'll, I'll be more than happy to do that. But hey, I think the biggest surprise this week, you know, for this week's game, Jackson, is that we have a four o'clock game. I was fully anticipating seven or seven thirty. What's up with a four o'clock start? You know, I, I don't know. If it's Stanford in particular, or Stanford and Cal not being all that attractive draws right now, but they seem to get those one and four o'clock slots. Cal's at one this weekend as well, so uh, it's not not unusual for Stanford, uh, even though they do end up in that after dark slot quite a few times too. What are you expecting crowd wise? Not announced attendance, <laughs> seats in the butt. What would you anticipate? Yeah. Um. You know, I would say I was there for the UCLA game last weekend, and it looked to me like the most Stanford fans I've seen since covering the team in 2021, presumably a boost from the Colorado win. Uh, it still wasn't a huge difference, I would say, from a lot of the games I've covered. Um, a l- large portion of the fans, especially on the other side of the stadium, were UCLA fans. So, um, you know, I would expect it to look pretty similar. It's not going to be a a massive showing from Stanford by any means. They'll probably fill most of the lower bowl and most of the student section with some extra fans in the upper deck, but the end zones will probably be empty and the other side will be filled with purple and gold, I'd guess. Yeah, and uh, under over 20,000. Under butts and seats. They'll (laughs) report something like 35,000, I would bet. (laughs) It'll surely be under 20. Stanford math, it's different. So... (laughs) Uh, Troy Taylor, Jake Browning's uh, high school coach, is the current coach for the Stanford Cardinal. Tell us a little bit about how Troy's doing down there. I think he walked into a little bit of a difficult situation. Yeah, very difficult, especially, I mean, even under normal circumstances, it would be hard. But to be kind of hamstrung by everything going on with college football right now, um, I mean, having limited access to the transfer portal, they only had six portal acquisitions this offseason, which was uh, unprecedented for Stanford who had just one graduate transfer last year. Um, so they're trying to open those doors, but it's still, I mean, a, a long battle. And then especially with just the locker room, I mean, Stanford went three and nine, of both of the last two years, but it wasn't due to lack of talent by any means. Uh, they had five NFL draft picks, 11 guys from last year's starting lineup are starting at other power five schools for portaling out. So it's been a, a big shift in team culture and behind the scenes and 
trying to get everyone to buy in and ultimately there's just not a lot of talent right there and you hope that they're kind of building the foundation for something that could be what Stanford expects uh, in the next two three years or so optimistic is would the fan base be about Troy Taylor or wait and see or uh, just hold on what do you what would you say uh, the uh, outlook is on the fan base towards Troy Taylor heading the program I think there's optimism um, uh, I would say there probably wasn't much higher expectations than about three wins this season which is still possible um, the Sacramento State loss really stings and I mean even though the team that he left to come to Stanford was left with the full cupboard. It's still tough to lose that FCS game with his empty Stanford cupboard. Uh, the Colorado win was totally unexpected. So, I mean, uh, offsets that a little bit, I think. Um, they took Arizona to the wire. They really should have won that game. Um, they've got a tough road ahead, but if, uh, I think they've done enough this season to feel like, I think what they've really proven is just competency. It felt like, just the team was totally out of whack the last couple of years. And this year's team, when you see them lose 42-7 to UCLA, it feels a lot more like they're just outmatched than it is poorly coached, which is really what it felt the last couple of years. So uh, recruiting has really boosted, I feel like, the way that they've approached that, strength and conditioning. I, I think once they get the talent they need to win games there, that they'll be a, a pretty functional program. For a long time, Stanford was known for its offensive line, and uh, it hasn't been the same the last couple of years. Are we getting back to seeing that big mammoth strong offensive line, or is that still a work in project? Yeah, it's a work in progress for sure. They lost six offensive linemen from last year's team who all went to Power 5 schools, including four of the starters from last year. So they've only got one starter back, and that was also an O-line that kind of lost the um kind of the perception of being a strong Stanford for line too i mean that group that is plus you see two starters at michigan at ucf they're all over the place that group wasn't very successful for stanford and now it's all the backups that were those guys backups from before are in the lineup um, and they've tried to add a couple of pieces there's one ivy league transfer starting at guard trevor mayberry uh, there's a true freshman, Simi Polly, who's starting at guard, uh, redshirt freshman, Fisher Anderson's at tackle. So, um, I mean, they're still pretty big bodies, but very young, very inexperienced. Uh, Levi Rogers at center is the only guy who's really played much football at this level before this year. Quarterback. What is going on with quarterback at Stanford? It seems a little unusual. Yeah, you know, I, I think my best understanding of what happened there was that Justin Lamson was brought in from Syracuse. I think they had visioned him being the starter and that I believe he got banged up at the, towards the end of camp. And so they go to Hawaii to start the season with Ashton Daniels and he has a really solid performance over there too, leads him to a victory and Lamson starts getting healthy. So I think they kind of ran just the two of them to kind of battle it out mid season to see who was going to be the guy. I think that they, the interesting part was that they would go on a certain drive, you know, one guy in one play, one guy in the next play, back and forth. Uh, Lampson ended up actually running the ball uh, a lot more than I ever anticipated. He's got actually more rushes than pass attempts this season when Daniels was the guy that was the Wildcat quarterback for Stanford last year and felt like Lampson was going to be more of the pure passer to come in. Um, I think what we've seen more lately now is that when – I think the thought was that Lamson would eventually win the job and said Daniels was the guy that led that win over Colorado. Uh, basically got every snap against UCLA last weekend. So 
you know, unless they felt like Daniels had something to do with only scoring seven points, uh, that they will probably just stick with Daniels for the time being. Um, but if they do feel like they need a spark, they, they've got Lampson ready to go to come in for a drive or two here. But the quarterbacks do have a few weapons on the outside, and you've got a real stud at uh, tight end as well. Yeah, you know, Ben Jurassic wasn't able to go last week, so that, that one's a bit touch and go for the tight end. Uh, John Humphreys was really the only returning receiver they had from last year's team that put a couple in the NFL, and he's been out most of the year. So it's down to uh, some redshirt freshmen and true freshmen, basically, that are running the show. Uh, Alec Aominar was the star of the Colorado game, had almost 300 yards himself in that game. Uh, really interesting athlete, real tall, long, muscular. Uh, he got hurt in camp for his true freshman year, so he had to sit out rehab all over the past 12 months before this 2023 season, and now you're seeing what he can really do. Uh, Tiger Bachmeyer, true freshman's really active at the slot position. Mudia Rubin is typically opposite of Aominar on the other side. So it's a young group at receiver, but uh, some pretty high ceilings there. What is Troy Taylor trying to do with this offense? How would you describe it? I would say it's creative. I mean, he's trying just about everything he can. Uh, you're seeing a large variety of concepts and attacks, and it changes quite a bit from week to week. There's a lot of quarterback run, I think, more that's probably been the biggest surprise to me is how much they have run the quarterback um, in this offense. Uh, you know, they've gone through a bunch of different weapons. I mean, Casey Filkins and EJ Smith seemed like the obvious one, two punch, but we've seen Cedric Irvin be the starter at times and carry the load. And so it's just been kind of a, a feeling out all over the place of trying to figure out what they've got, you know, trying different approaches, maybe, seeing what some of the younger players can do to try to develop a little bit in this season for future years. So uh, ultimately it's a, a spread attack. That's going to have some read option, a lot of RPO, but um, they're, they're really feeling things out right now, even during the season. Washington's offensive performance last week was kind of a disappointment, especially coming off of the uh, great win against Oregon. And I expect Washington to come out uh pretty aggressively to start the game. So tell me about the defensive secondary and this defense. Will they be able to contain Michael Panics, Romo Dunzi and company? Yeah, that should be uh, the biggest weakness for Stanford on paper in this matchup. Um, the Cardinal lost all five of their starting DBs from last year's team. Again, a team that only won three games, uh, two drafted three to power five transfers. Um, they brought in zero transfers in the secondary uh, there's been a true freshman that's played here recently, but otherwise basically all guys that weren't good enough to play last year. Um, and so this is where you would anticipate they're outmatched against the types of Washington's and Oregon's and USC's. You look at the Oregon and USC games earlier this year, the Cardinal just got obliterated. Um, there's just not a lot of talent at cornerback or at safety right now. A lot, not much experience there. Um, Scotty Edwards has been a bit of a surprise. He's kind of doing it all safety nickel. Um, he's, he's been able to make an impact. Um, you know, Colin Wright has been better than expected at cornerback as has Aaron Manley. I think they're, you know, it could have been a lot worse and it could be if they were to get injured, but they've been for the most part holding their own. Um, but when you put that group against the type of receivers that Washington has, it's just a, a bad mix. Um, but Kind of surprisingly, it feels like Stanford's defense is breaking down more with the line of scrimmage than it is with the uh, the personnel they're stuck with that secondary. 
Washington fans are going to be a little bit uh, leery last week expected them to blow out Arizona state. And they came one play away from, you know, Arizona state, putting that game away, getting a pick six, pick six at the end of the game, but uh, it didn't score a touchdown last week, but going into Stanford, I don't think people are going to maybe take them as lightly. What is, what, what could Stanford do to possibly win this game on, on Saturday? You know, it's, this team has been kind of all over the place. They've just looked extremely outmatched by UCLA last week. And it felt like, especially at the line of scrimmage, they just didn't stand much of a chance. Um, we've seen other games that have kind of been a little bit more spread out, like Colorado. They were able to keep up. I think the Arizona game as well. That's a team on paper that really should have been able to throw it all over the Cardinal. And they just, I mean, Stanford was able to ugly it up just enough to keep it close. And I mean, Joshua Cardi, who's made, almost every field goal he's kicked over the last three years somehow missed two in that game or else they would have won it. So I think for Stanford, they've got to follow that Arizona blueprint, um, whatever they were able to do on defense just to keep it a bit ugly and you know sustain some drives and take a lot of time off the clock. Um, they, they were able to do that against the Wildcats. And you know, that's the closest thing they've got to having a sort of a blueprint here. I, I'd have a hard time seeing them score 46 points like they did against Colorado. So um, I will say while the the game last weekend against UCLA was pretty ugly offensively, they really did shoot themselves in the foot with a ton of critical penalties. So I don't think seven's very accurate of that performance, but um, I mean, they, at the end of the day, they lost by 35. So um, yeah. <laughs> Cal Fresno state, Stanford, Hawaii. Uh, what, what game are you going to? And how do you decide which one you're going to go to? Yeah. Uh, this week I'm going to be at Fresno State. We got six and one Bulldogs against the six and one Rebels. So uh, big Mountain West standings decider in this game against the the Bulldogs and Rebels. That is not the game I would have chosen for you to go. <laughs> you know which one I would have cho- said you should go to. The Hawaii San Jose State? <laughs> no, 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 no. Nah, I, I'd want to go see. I'd want to go see the S. You know what I'm talking about? The S show. Uh, we commonly call USC that USC Cal game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I this a a good uh, spread of games for, for my plate this weekend. So, unfortunately, uh, I almost wish I could have been at about a half of the Cal USC and then get over to Stanford and Washington. I've done that a few times, but. Uh, a big one for the Bulldogs this weekend. Can you imagine if USC loses to Cal? <laughs> <laughs> oh. They kept it within six points last year. So I, I think Cal's defense, unfortunately, is just as bad as USC. So we yeah. would put their new athletic director, Jan Cohen, on suicide watch. <laughs> <laughs> so but hey jackson we really appreciate everything you do for us and uh we'll catch up soon all right all right thank you very much for having me i appreciate it okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 